0: Hello everybody, this is Here Comes the Spidercast number 14, the podcast that reviews all the Spidey comics from the 1980s. I am your co-host, Mike L., and as always, I'm joined by... Josh Mervell, and today we are going to be looking at uh, Spider-Man comics from
1: August of 1981. Uh, We're going to start off with Amazing Spider-Man 219, then we're going to move to Marvel Team-Up 107, sorry, 108... Uh, and then move on to Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, number fifty-seven.
0: Did you mention the annual?
1: Oh, I didn't actually. We do Marvel all... Team
0: Up Annual number four. Yes, that right. one snuck up on us. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I guess we'll start off with Amazing Spider-Man. Um, uh, surprisingly, <laughs> I quite in, I quite enjoyed uh, all of the comics this week. Okay.
0: Um, okay. There's there's some things I liked about Amazing, like surprisingly. But yeah, tell me what you what you liked. It. Like, we, let's briefly want to briefly describe the plot to this one.
1: Sure. So yeah, there. So this is another Denny O'Neill, uh, Spider-Man comic, mm-hmm. and he's been notoriously bad at writing Spider-Man. Um, yeah. I think that this might be his best story so far maybe that's why i enjoyed it i was just expecting to hate this comic like i've hated all of his other uh spidey's so far so maybe that's why i enjoyed this one so much it's not anything spectacular uh but Uh peter parker breaks into riker island trying to investigate a bunch of uh breakouts that have been happening and he gets caught and arrested and put on trial. So uh, to um, to show that he's innocent, he goes around as yeah. Spider Man trying to find the uh, the camera that was stolen from him that has evidence that he was investigating other people breaking out and he's not responsible. Um,
0: Sigh. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I,
1: so I think it starts off really stupid. Uh-huh. Like he he says that he has to break into Rikers Island.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He has to break into this prison as Peter Parker because Spider Man would draw too much attention and all of the mm-hmm. people inside would try to beat him up. So Peter Parker has an excuse to, Mm-mm. you know, go to the island, right? He has an alibi for mm-hmm. being there. But he still broke in.
0: You know, okay, let, let's just start with this premise before we go any further. I I really, there's so many ways that Daniel O'Neill could have written this intro better. Yeah. For example, what if Peter Parker was just sent on assignment to this prison, and then while he was on assignment, he coincidentally witnessed the gray gargoyle and um, this other guy and this other guy breaking out. The fact that That's... he goes in looking for trouble, and then the moment he peeks his head and he sees it, to me, it, it this this is like stillborn. I I what agree.
1: No, no, it's it, you're completely right. Um, it's such a weird way for to to start off, and such mm-hmm. like a backwards reason for right. for Pryor to be there. Um, right. Yeah, he really is just kind of looking for trouble at this point. Yeah. Like, there, there's there's no reason. He, he should be there no um and
0: and, and also there's some I uh, there's, there's some pretty bad dialogue as usual but i wanted yeah. to point out one just because it kind of stood out to me so so as peter um is sort of breaking in the gray gargoyle and this other guy who's the guy in the white which i don't Oh, jo- jonas harrow jonas harrow and then oh, the third okay. guy okay so they're kind of like escaping then what happens is, so they're running, they're running through the hallway, and then, and then it cuts to this: these two cops, and it says, <laughs> in an adjoining corridor, you hear something, Harry? Yeah, running footsteps. And since there ain't races scheduled, come on! What? Okay, let's just leave the art exactly as it is. <laughs> Why did you have to add in that line about, and since there ain't races scheduled? What does that even mean? What? Like, why did you have to add in that complication, that ex- exposition? Yeah, it's, it's like no, very you, don't, you don't need to explain why they're in a rush. We already know they're in a rush because there's commotion and they're freaking prison guards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just one of those unnecessary, complicated... In fact, you could have cut out the dialogue and it would have been better than that. Yeah. Anyway, it, it just really irked me because it's such a simple thing. It's like, how bad can you F it up, you know? Anyway, <laughs> there's probably tons of examples of that in here, but that one just really stood out to me. Oh my God, no, there's more. Flip. Okay, sorry. That was on page <laughs> digital six. Go to page seven. Okay. Okay. I absolutely should I hated destroy
1: it? Hmm. Not until I
0: got. <laughs> oh God. So now what happens is the war- Okay. So the guy comes in to and uh, this guard comes in and he goes. Here's the camera we took off that kid we found on H quarter, sir. But warden says I'll take care of it, Mike. And then and then in his thoughts, there could be evidence in this that would end my career and perhaps a good deal more. Should I destroy it? Nah, not until I've got some. Not until I've given it some thought. I'm late. Puts it on his freaking desk. I better run. The camera will be safe until I return. Guess what? Two seconds later, a custodian comes in and steals the camera. This is idiotic. This is like high school level writing garbage. Anyway, I'm just really getting fed up with Denny O'Neill.
1: Yeah, I think in the last (laughs) half, it gets much better. Okay, Um, I do kind of like the stuff with Daredevil being his attorney. Uh, Dude, that's cool yeah that it's a it's a really good uh reason to bring him in and it fits right. into the story unlike last week when we were taught when we were reading Marvel team up and and I think actually spectacular spider-man daredevil was in two spider-man comics and for no reason like he just right, was right. there to to show off like hey remember daredevil wink wink you sure. know like look sure. at it, look what we got this it really felt like um there, there's a real reason Natural. for him to yeah. be there uh, I also really like that Peter Parker has to kind of do some problem solving to get him out of trouble um, sure. with uh, going back to the island and he there's a callback to his old faded suit that he had that he threw out and Which made a I, new yeah, one I love that, love that. Yeah. Um, uh, looking doing some investigative work in the prison for the camera and you know I think that they're is some fun stuff in here?
0: Well, okay. There's a couple more things that really irked me. Okay. Okay. Bottom of page, digital ten. Okay. It it really bugged me when um, Peter Parker is thinking. He's like, I wonder what dubra where Dubroth fits in. And he's and he's like, blah blah blah. Hey, guard, can I see my attorney? I got to talk to. And then it cuts to Mr. Murdoch. You got to find my camera now. That's a, that's not a bad way to do a scene transition, like in the middle of a dialogue bubble, because in most of these bronze age comics, unfortunately, every, remember we pointed out in spectacular, every single panel had a little explanation at the top saying a few seconds later, a few moments later, well, this is at least not doing that. But the problem is it's also, it's, it's one of those Denny O'Neill convenient things where it's like, why couldn't they make it a complication for him to see Matt Murdock? You know, like it's just a little bit too quick. I thought. And then when then Aunt May comes and honestly, I
1: I assumed that uh, he was already there to see him.
0: Okay, I didn't, well. I,
1: I didn't I didn't read it, but now that you say that, I <laughs> yeah. I, I do see it as like a, a transition.
0: Yeah, I got to talk to Mister. So that's clearly later, but mm-hmm. they just made it so convenient that they just cut out that passage of time. Right. Then in the next scene or a couple scenes later, guess what? Peter Parker's bail is $50,000 and somehow Aunt May and all the people at the nursing home managed to scrape those pennies together. First of all, <laughs> 50000 American dollars in 1981. Are you kidding me? That's outrageous. Where would they get that money from? But anyway, okay, so they get it. And then it's also funny how he just gives her a quick hug and then she's off on her way. But anyway, I thought that was funny. Yeah. So anyway, Back to the story. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, yeah, that I I really don't understand uh, his neighbor.
0: Mr. Pincus?
1: Yeah, like lonesome Pincus.
0: What about his dialogue? I got what the musicians call a, quote, gig tomorrow night at what the musicians call a, quote, joint in Brooklyn. Who the hell is... You know, it's funny too because I know that Daniel O'Neill is kind of a hippie, so I don't know where the hell he's getting this dialogue from. Like, he should be a little bit more right. street smart than that, you know. But anyway,
1: oof, yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs>
0: sorry, I I, sorry to... I
1: really don't like this guy. I don't know what it is. I I think mm-hmm. it's just because he he's in here randomly. Like, there's no point to all of this, right? And it's just right, right. bugging me at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I do like, like you said, I like the fact that he gets his co- his uh, faded out costume because that's a little bit of continuity. It's kind of mm-hmm. funny, right? Like, and, and there's it's a logic. It comes logically out of the story because he left his costume there before, so he has to have another one. So that's cool. I don't mind that. Mm-hmm. But then going going back to the prison, and then then the warden is worried because he doesn't have the camera, and I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I just don't like any of this stuff.
1: Right. You know, and then basically, maybe, sorry, go ahead. maybe I think I enjoyed it so much because Peter Parker wasn't a jerk, and it felt that like Peter it. Parker still. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like maybe, yeah, maybe just
1: it. reading it, expecting to not read a Spider-Man comic, like maybe that influenced me somehow. Because now that you're yeah. talking about it, there is a lot of stuff that doesn't work. Uh huh. But. Yeah,
0: I mean, and then we have the final five pages is a fight scene between Peter Parker, uh, whatever his name is, Harrow and uh, Gray Gargoyle. Five pages of that.
1: Talk about an abrupt ending, too.
0: Yep, the classic Denny O'Neill abrupt ending.
1: I I bet uh, you we're not going to hear anything about the uh the him Peter Parker being on trial in the next nope. issue either.
0: No. Nope. So yeah, so basically, Peter or, or Spider-Man um, defeats Gray Gargoyle, and then the Jonas Harrow guy takes the camera and smashes it against the wall, and then he's and then Spider-Man is like, "Oh no, I was so busy clowning around, so busy with the Gargoyle, I forgot Harrow." And the reason I came, now there's no way I can prove I wasn't involved with those prison breaks. But guess what, folks? In the space of one panel. <laughs> This guy comes out of the audio, uh, out of the crowd. It's like Did he mention film. I'm Smitty. That was my story. You lunatics just trash. There was no film in that camera. I took it out to have it developed to get pictures of my grandson. Here it is, Mister. You have just saved Peter Parker's freedom, and he's very grateful. The end. Actually, it just says end. He, Daniel Neal, couldn't even put end. in the effort to write the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, terrible.
1: I don't know. I, I. <laughs> enjoyed this one a lot more than any of the other Denny O'Neill stories, I think, th- sure. thus far. Um, again, uh, John Romita Jr. has some fantastic art in this issue. Um,
0: it's, in fact, it's not, you know, it's funny. It's not even John Romita Jr. It's Luke McDonnell. Oh, really? Yeah. It's inked by Jim Mooney, but it's drawn right. by um, Luke McDonnell. You know, who I
1: did didn't it? even notice. I, I didn't Which even, good, I don't yeah. even think I read it. I just assumed that it was him again.
0: You know you know Luke McDonald, I don't remember he did one of uh, one Spidey issue a couple weeks back I don't remember which one, mm-hmm. but I noticed his art is much better in this one yeah it, it, it looks good in fact that opening splash page is actually really good mm-hmm. It makes me one wonder if he swiped it from somewhere else because Spider-Man looks really good except for his like left leg so maybe it was swiped from somewhere right but yeah, yeah the art was definitely fine mm-hmm. it was not bad yeah so ooh, what do you think of this cover by Frank Miller?
1: uh it's interesting uh
0: yeah it's a great idea but spider-man's face peter parker's face is just too grotesque
1: yeah maybe like maybe that's what they were going for like they wanted it to be like eye grabbing like oh peter parker went crazy he's a criminal now but that doesn't happen Mm -hmm. in the issue so i it's just kind of like fake (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean it's just i don't know yeah False advertising, I guess. But
0: do you recommend this issue?
1: Just like any of the other Danny O'Neill stories, I don't think I would. No. Yeah. No.
0: I mean, it's again, it's sort of enjoyable because it has the classic Silver Age art, but it's not a good story, Mm -hmm. I don't think. No. So, on that note, we will move on to... Let's want to do the annual first? Yeah, sure. Okay, Marvel Team Up Annual number four... Featuring Moon Knight, Iron Fist, Power Man, and Daredevil. Yeah. And this one is once this one is drawn once again by Herb Trimpey and Mike Esposito. So mm-hmm. the art. We got I got a lot to say about the art. But uh <laughs> it's actually written by Frank Miller, who has drawn a couple of the mm-hmm. annuals. But this is the first one he's written for at least for Spider-Man. So Yeah. I actually thought the story was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what, did, what did you think?
1: I was surprised how much I liked this story. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen a couple of team ups now with uh, Iron Fist and Power Man. And yep. I think every time they've kind of been on the weaker side. So I yeah. thought that's what I was going to be getting again. Like another just kind of team up for team up's sake. But I really liked how they integrated all the heroes in this story. Um, Daredevil, more than others, had more of a purpose to be there. Um, I think that uh, Kilgrave, Purple Man, is a very great villain. Uh, Having him paired with uh, Kingpin was really fantastic. Uh, Mm -hmm. The art is very weird at times. Like My goodness, There's, (laughs) there's, <laughs> uh, there is some rough stuff in here.
0: Let's um, uh, okay, let's talk. Let's save the art for for a little bit later. Okay, let's talk about okay. The story first. So <laughs> the first thing I noticed about the story, as far as Kilgrave is, I had heard about the Purple Man my whole life. and never knew anything about him, and then of course I saw Jessica Jones season one with David Tennant as right. Kilgrave, and what a. One of the probably, arguably the best villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, he's you didn't count that very right. good. Yeah, he's excellent. And I, I, I kind of thought that most of the characterization they gave him was invented by the, you know, the show creators. But it's pretty much here. Yeah, you know, like I mean, he's got a similar personality. He uses his power in the same way. I mean, obviously, the show goes further right but, um it, it's i mean who knows i mean i haven't read those earlier daredevils so maybe we owe a lot of it to frank miller i have no idea because i haven't read them but right a pretty freaking cool villain
1: yeah and he's even in a comic like a, a like a you know an 80s comic that's more on the pop fun side it, yeah. he was still kind of scary Yeah, some I agree. of the stuff he was doing like he was making people like he was getting really close to making people just point guns to their own heads and kill themselves like right. it, it there there was some kind of dark imagery and i, I think it really worked for this character um yeah. i also really like that they didn't make him all powerful too with this power right. and they um uh gave him a little bit of weakness and he's kind of at the will of kingpin for a while and then other people right. uh figure out how to best him and yeah there's some really great stuff in here
0: that's the thing, is that is that okay, so yeah, you're right. So Kingpin is able to resist his will, and then I believe so it's and then Moon Knight comes in later and he's able to figure out that if he puts earplugs in that he can resist his right. suggestions. So basically, I mean, let's be clear, this is Frank Miller. At this point, he was a great writer and the story fits together, the characters fit together, they all have a clear purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not one of these forced team ups like we're used to seeing in Marvel team up. So overall, I mean, you could argue that maybe Power Man and Iron Fist, or they could probably be pulled out and they could adjust yeah. the story with the other three superheroes. But I don't know. It was nice to see Daredevil or um, Kingpin in there as well because yeah. I don't think we've seen him yet since we've started. No,
1: actually, I don't think we have.
0: No. So that was obviously Frank Miller brought him. Because you know some people don't know, but Kingpin was originally a Spider-Man villain. And then I believe it was Frank Miller that – sort of took him for Daredevil. So it's nice to see him back in Spider-Man. Right. Here. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, as far as the story... Sorry, go ahead. I
1: was going to say, I think, th- yeah, for the story, uh, what I really liked too was that when a, a lot of times in these comics we see things just happen without having a purpose. Right. Um, especially when there are uh, a lot of characters thrown in. Sure. Uh, but having... Power Man and Iron Fist. uh, I think what maybe might have uh, been a little unneeded, but still connected to the story in the end Uh, with earlier on, you see Daredevil used a pail of water to uh, kind of restart everybody's minds after they've been taken over by Kilgrave, And then later on, I believe it happens again. And then for the third time, Power Man and Iron Fist uh, work together to uh, take down the water tower that splashes and wakes up the entire like mob of people, which I thought yes. was really creative. And having them like reference the movie that they were going to see when they were introduced, uh, when they were first introduced in this comic, and having mm-hmm. that kind of play into their role in the comic, I thought was mm-hmm. really great. Uh, Daredevil having experience with purple man and kingpin is uh fantastic moon knight i think was the maybe one character that felt um unneeded and kind of extra in the story okay he didn't feel as tied in for me but i also yeah. wasn't put off by him being there i thought that right he was still fine and um was fun to read
0: right well see either way i guess you could say that either Moon Knight or Power Man Iron Fist could have been pulled out for sure there's probably one too many Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah overall definitely a good story Uh, obviously like we were saying Frank Miller he's he was kind of in the middle of his famous Daredevil run right at this point so I don't I think this I think he did a few issues of Spider-Man and then Daredevil and I think that was it for Marvel but I could be wrong I could be wrong I don't know Mm. before he went to DC with Ronan and then Dark Knight and Batman Year One and all that But anyway, okay, so now that we've got the story out of the way, which we both enjoyed, let's talk about this art (laughs) of Herb Trimpey and Mike Esposito. Okay, so uh, again, Herb Trimpey, old-time Marvel artist. He had a long run in Hulk. Mm -hmm. We all love him. But there are some wonky images in this comic. There sure is. (laughs) The one I want to point out, I actually posted this on the Back Issue Magazine Facebook page. Uh, and got a lot of laughs. Okay, so digital page 13, which is original <laughs> page 32. Oh right. Oh my God. Like, I get the idea, but Spider-Man, first Ooh. of all, okay, so we've got a shot of Spider-Man like looking over Spider-Man's shoulder as power and Iron Fist run away. Spider-Man's head looks like a freaking Macy's Parade balloon. It does.
1: That's a really perfect yeah, way like, to put it. Yeah. That's.
0: I got that from someone else. Someone else pointed that up. That's exactly what it looks like. You know, it's like, there's such a thing as exaggeration for shortening, but this is just pushing it too far, right? yeah. What do you think? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's very ooh. It's rough. It's 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 rough. Yeah. And even Iron Fist running it in the background is weird and Yeah. Yeah, there's just a lot that doesn't work. I mean Spider Man's head is just a circle.
0: Yeah. Like it's yeah. not
1: it's not even shaped like Spider Man's head is. It's yeah, just I don't right. know.
0: There's clearly no way a human face is underneath that mask. Right. Right. There's no jaw. There's no discernible jaw, right?
1: Yeah. It's... Um,
0: (laughs) Like, basically, again, I love Herb Trimpy, but he's clearly way more focused on the storytelling than making anyone look halfway pretty. Like, even his rendition of The Kingpin... Is so exaggerated. Like, there's one shot, i got to find it, where he's sitting behind the desk. Oh, i got to find it. And he, but he just looks, like, outrageously out of proportion. Right. You know? I yeah. can't find it right now. But when I find it, yeah, it just looks ridiculous. I mean, but again, it's almost like, it's kind of like how I feel about Carmine Infantino. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, it is exaggerated. But I, to be honest, I'd rather look at this than a lot of modern sort of photoshop oh, or sure. realistic art, you know, at least it looks like a comic book. And and I think that
1: there's also times where it looks really good. Um yeah. like there's a splash page in the middle of the comic um with uh Power Man punching through okay. the wall. Okay. I really like it. I I uh, it's oh, yeah, original I think, page the, 26.
0: Yes, that is a good shot. It's really
1: yep. good. Uh the proportions are great. The sh- the you know, the structure, the pose. Like, I think it's a, yeah. I think it's a really great splash page. Um, and it's such a fun moment, too. They're kind of backed in a mm-hmm. corner. And Power man just kind of busts through the wall and they run away. Uh, mm. So it's it's so weird. He he has stuff that really works. And then there's other times where it feels like it was just rushed and just kind of done without any thought. Yes. Um, uh,
0: okay, I found. Okay, so original thirty seven, digital thirty eight. The bottom. Take a look at the kingpin there behind that desk.
1: Let's see. Oh yeah, he just,
0: he just looks like Humpty Dumpty. Right. right.
1: Yeah, it's like a really, uh, really like strange camera angle.
0: Right. Like it's, it's like an apo- It's almost like he's laying back. Like we're we're looking. We should be looking straight on, but we're looking from the bottom, right. looking up like a worm's eye view. And now, he, now here's another thing: is um, what's his name? Uh, Herb Trimpey had a run on a short run on Transformers, and he also did what was it called? Shogun Warriors. So I, I think he was kind of they used him on a lot of stuff with robots and monsters, like mm-hmm. Godzilla. Just just because his wacky proportions, so I think, were hidden better when they were right. used on mo- monsters, so no one minded as much. But Again, I enjoy it, but it's it's kind of ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and no, I I agree. I think that, I think I said this last week or maybe before on the the podcast. But I think his art works when it does, mm-hmm. and then does not when it doesn't. Like exactly. that's the best way to exactly. describe it. It, it. He's really good when it's a good panel, and he's really bad when it's a bad panel.
0: Good point. There's really yeah, no I in agree. between. Yep. All right. So. But, uh, I still recommend it though. I think yeah. it's, a good, it's a good story. Yeah. You know. So yeah, I do recommend this comic.
1: Yeah, there really the the few times where the art is rough uh, is not you know anything to to not recommend for me. I think that the exactly. story is very good. Um, there is still some really fun art. The villains are fantastic. Uh, there's purpose for the characters to be in the story, not just characters mm-hmm. thrown in to be like, look at all these fun characters. Read the comic. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd definitely recommend this one.
0: All right, so that wraps up Team Up uh Annual number 4. Now we're going to go to Marvel Team Up number 108 featuring Spider-Man and Paladin. Is it pronounced Paladin? Yeah, I guess yeah, I yeah that, right? Paladin. Paladin. And once again, we have art by Herb Trimpe and Mike Esposito. Right. <laughs> this guy was busy, okay? <laughs> Maybe that's
1: why it's so rough. He he spent a lot of time on the the pages he wanted to and then at the end, he's like, "Oh man, I got to meet my deadline." Could be, and then could just kind of be, rushed yes. it along. But,
0: but hey, at least back in those days, people actually could hit their deadlines, right? Right. Like today, so there,
1: there's one page in particular in this, um, this issue that is so awful. <laughs> okay, uh, it's on digital page 15, and uh, there's two panels in particular where Spider-Man looks. I don't understand what's going on in the panels. Ooh. Right in the middle, you have Spider Man crawling <laughs> down a wall, and he okay. looks like some sort of monster. Like he's doing this weird crab walk down this yes. wall, but his legs and arms are parallel to each other, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. he, it's like a weird crab. He looks like a Boston Dynamics robot dog. Yeah. Like it, it's so like- wrong. And then right underneath that he's swinging he's like uh swinging down or like dropping down on a web and he's in that classic upside down pose with his feet together it looks like his head is on
0: backwards
1: but his head is backwards and then his feet are just dangling there and maybe his hands are like i don't understand are his hands supposed to be behind his back
0: this is a classic case of yeah. Let's hit my deadline and hope no one notices that this does not make any anatomical right. sense. I I
1: literally do not understand what's happening. Yeah, like it is such a strange pose. Everything you know on else? him is broken.
0: You know what? Else, funny. What actually stood out, stood out to me about that panel is that it's kind of a tangent line. The way that Peter Parker or Spider Man's shoulder touches paladins
1: yeah and there's so So much space above
0: right it's not even well like a a good composition no they should have like photoshopped well they didn't have it back then but cut and pasted spider-man just moved him up right Mm -hmm. like just really badly done
1: well yeah before the cleanup right because they would they would do that often they the panels would be separate and then they would lay it out and then do a cleanup of it correct
0: well what do you mean exactly
1: like they would They would have the panels on separate pieces of paper, and they would figure out.
0: No, 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 no. The no. The only time that ever happened that I even recall was in the early days of um, action comics, where the action comics was created as a as a daily strip, and then once they realized it would be in a comic book, they would they sort of cut it up and moved around to different spaces. Oh, okay. Whenever in, in Marvel or DC comics, they would compose the page as a page like especially guys like Kirby and people like that oh, okay. like okay oh yeah they would absolutely plan out exactly that's why when you look especially like a classic artist like Herb Trimpy mm-hmm. if you look at like a good page the the panels all have flow to each other right they sort of you can sort your eye is drawn through them right so yeah they're always planning out like where they are ahead of time but it's, it's actually, this this panel that we're talking about right now is so bad. I am tempted to think, because you know sometimes these guys had assistants?
1: Okay, yeah.
0: It's possible that either an assistant or maybe like, sometimes what they would do is they would have, they had this group of people called Ramita's Raiders, and they would go in and like if they needed art cleaned up, they would go in and like fix it. But the, the guys that worked as Ramita's Raiders were usually kids, like younger people that were just sort of breaking in. So maybe that panel is an example of a young person just going in and fixing something. Maybe. I mean, I don't know what could have been wrong, but yeah, it just looks terrible.
1: Yeah, it's hard to look at.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is, yep. <laughs>
1: yeah, and there's, now, there's this... a lot of stuff like that in here, I found.
0: Yeah, there is, there is. Ew. I mean, it's the same art team as the annual that we just read. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's basically comparable to that. Uh, the story is by David Michelini, who, as we... have We've covered him before, and like I said, he'll be eventually take over Amazing Spider-Man uh, along with Todd McFarlane when he uh, joins uh, the book as Penciler. Mm-hmm. I thought the writing was pretty good. It, yeah. I mean, it wasn't particularly mem- memorable, but it's definitely, like, again, it felt like Spider-Man to me. Peter Parker's voice felt, uh, you know, accurate to me, so mm-hmm. it wasn't terrible. I like the fact that Paladin, at first, you know, you think he's kind of a bad guy, and then Peter realizes, oops, we're actually kind of working on the same side, so that was cool. Yeah. What you think?
1: Yeah, I th- I mean, it's definitely a trope in uh, Marvel Comics, and I'm sure DC Comics as well, to have the two heroes right before they team up fight each other and have a misunderstanding right. and then kind of say, oh, you're not so bad. Okay, let's work together and, you know, get this bad guy together. Um, right. So I, I didn't love it or, and I didn't hate it. I think that this one was done well, at least. It wasn't so, like... It wasn't like a switch where, where they just kind of stopped fighting. Like, oh, we're on the same side. Okay, let's do this together. Like, there right, there was, right. you know, uh, a little bit more to that in the writing and uh, them realizing what was going on.
0: Right, um,
1: right, right. Yeah, I think that the, the story was pretty good. Um, I like the idea of this character coming back and... Um, and taking over another character and it's kind of a mystery of what's going on where this person is going Uh, and like Jonah's wife or girlfriend uh, being kidnapped so yeah I thought that uh, this one was a pretty interesting story.
0: It's also unusual for a Marvel team up but it actually ends on a cliffhanger. Right. So they set up a cameo appearance with Dazzler, and mm-hmm. they set up the fact that she's going to be starring in the next issue. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've, I've never read that issue, and I'm a big Dazzler fan. So,
1: and and it's really cool to see uh, the team ups being hinted and kind of woven into the story as well. Right, because a, I mean, I, I ha- we haven't read any that are connect the story where the stories are connected yet on the podcast, but uh, having Spidey just run into them every episode from start to finish of the, uh, the issue is always kind of weird. I think uh, maybe that's where some of the. uh, Whereas that maybe that's why they sometimes feel disjointed and feel like they're not a Spider-Man comic because, they're trying to introduce a new character um, to the audience and Spider-Man and introduce him into the story and weave him in where, Dazzler, They can kind of do this, you know, two panel introduction of her in the uh, the issue beforehand. That way, hopefully in the right. next one, they can kind of just weave her into the story. And, she, you know, she's just kind of right. part of it already.
0: Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm assuming because I'm assuming David michelini writes the next issue that he's sort of setting things up as he goes. Right. Of course, I just checked. It's not him. But anyway, oh. <laughs> so but obviously they've got a master plan, which is always good. Yeah. Right? So, so that's cool. So yeah, again, kind of an average issue of Marvel team up. Um, I, you know, I recommend it. It's a decent Spider Man story. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, <laughs> I liked it. I'm just realizing now I mixed up this story with the Spectacular story. Oh. Because oh. I was talking about. Uh, Oh, yeah, but his girlfriend and, 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 the, I, and
0: i went along with it but i was like
1: yeah i just realized yeah, I, tr- mixed I tried up. to
0: find it i'm like wait a minute that's not in this one but i just went along with it oops
1: yeah you know <laughs> i should have i should have uh looked through the issue as i was talking about it because i yeah. was just i was looking at the uh the cover and the first splash page and i hadn't sure. uh, i didn't keep scrolling but uh, i should start reading these maybe closer to recording because i i usually read them like right after we record um like i'll I'll try to read them right after we record the episode so it's like a week a week uh in between reading them and talking about them so i think maybe i'm gonna start (laughs) reading them a little closer too
0: no you know i i actually i used to do that but now i purposely wait until like a couple days before yeah just just to be safe yeah but anyway, okay, so, I yeah, I recommend it. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, it was
1: pretty good. <laughs> Even though it's not the story I <laughs> was rem- remembering, uh, this one yep. w- was still uh, pretty fun.
0: Excellent. Okay, so that brings us to Peter Parker, <laughs> The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 57.
1: I, I bet uh, you'll never guess how I feel about this comic. <laughs> uh,
0: do you not like it?
1: No, I liked it.
0: Oh, okay. No, because I really like it. Yeah. yeah
1: um i oh because because i was just talking yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so i guess i uh showed my hand a little early but i really enjoyed this one uh i think this was the strongest story of the week yeah um or i guess the month if you're thinking about it from 1981 but uh yeah i uh uh will of the wisp i believe the character's name was yeah. i like bring, that, yep. they, that they brought him back in this like particle form and he's kind of uh following spider-man around for a little bit at the beginning and then he ends up uh inhabiting uh killer Shrike. killer shrikes suit right uh mm. and yeah having the the woman j and jameson's girlfriend come along to kind of separate the two and reform will i thought it was pretty fun uh peter parker has some really funny moments too and he feels like peter parker in this issue uh yes i think the the thing that stuck out for me i love that in the middle of this fight he kind of uh detains a bunch of these goons that are after him and then once he has a couple of seconds he stops to call aunt may yeah yeah like it's just i that it's goofy but i don't know for me i kind of liked it it felt like a moment where i i know that he stopped to call aunt may but it feels like uh in like modern comics when he gets a call from aunt may in the middle of a fight or something's going on and he's got to call you know answer the phone to be like uh nothing's wrong i gotta go see you later and then hang up like it it kind of had that feel where uh (laughs) His personal problems are always mixed in with his spider superpower uh, problems.
0: So. See, you know what could have – I actually? It did take me out of it a little bit. Would have would have made it better. Is imagine if Peter called Aunt May first before the fight, and then she, and then he had to let her go, and she's like, "Well, I, I you know I need to call you back, so give me the number where you are." And then she called this like payphone, right? In the, mi- that would have been funny in the middle of the fight. And then he had to answer it because it's Aunt May. Yeah. That to me would have at least been a little bit more believable, but For sure, it did yeah. take me out of it because it does that sort of cliche where now he's, he's punching guys over the back of his head like <laughs> right even looking. It's a little bit, it takes me out of it, but yeah, it was, a, it was a funny moment. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Um Also. I, I was kind of disappointed by, remember last issue, how it ended with P, um, Aunt May being really angry at Peter Parker? Yeah, for, they
1: kind of just, well, whatevered at the beginning. That, yeah, yeah,
0: that's that's weak, because mm-hmm. if you're going to set up something like that, you got to have a payoff, and they didn't. They really just dropped the ball on that, so that pissed me off. If
1: you're going to, you know, if, if you wanted to kind of drop that story, why don't, instead of having Aunt May say, oh, I'm so sorry about that why do why didn't you have peter like bring her flowers to be like again i'm so sorry aunt may and like give her flowers because you know aunt may is never the character to like hold grudges and to you know hold that over peter so showing that he did this kind of gesture to say sorry and spent some time with her would have been enough for aunt may to uh forgive him and it would have been solved right right at the beginning and then that could have been another good excuse for him to call aunt may later on well yeah like keep talking to her throughout the comic to show that he's trying to make up the fact that he keeps ditching her and is trying to give her more attention right i don't know
0: yeah yeah so it's a, it's a decent idea but it could have been done better yeah um, um also i got to point out did you notice who the penciler was this issue or the layout artist uh once again it was jim, jim Sheter, the right the editor-in-chief of marvel at the time who also did the layouts for last issue and was surprisingly good mm-hmm. so once again we get some very straightforward storytelling kind of almost retro where uh, the uh, the um the, the the panels are very basic like sort of mid you know mid uh what's that word like not close up, not extremely wide, but sort of a middle shot, almost every, like a medium, like I, yeah, like a medium shot. Jesus, I'm a filmmaker. I should know (laughs) this, but yeah, uh, kind of like eye level angle, you know, so, but again, very clear storytelling. Yeah. It's very concise and to the point for sure. Right. Right. You understand everything that's happening. Exactly. And so, yeah, kind of just yet another classic issue of spectacular Mm -hmm. Spider-Man by Roger Stern and um it's just funny so because basically at this point for the past two years worth of comics that we've covered roger stern is obviously the best writer and the most consistent writer on any spider-man book at this time so this is clearly the best book
1: yeah i I, yeah i I can definitely agree with that um
0: but obviously yeah at the time denny o'neill was the bigger name so he was on amazing but that's not going to last long right so so, yeah, I definitely recommend this comic. Yeah.
1: Um, I think the uh, one big note I had is okay. I, at the beginning of the comic, I didn't really like Killer Shrike. Is that what his name was? Uh, Killer Shrike, yep. He didn't feel like he was connected to the story a whole lot, and it was kind of just like a weird character that they brought in, like a weird sure. choice for them to choose this yeah, character random. to be. Yeah. To like tied into the story and be uh controlled by this by will of the wisp by these particles uh sure but i do like that at the end of the comic there was a reason why he was chosen and any other character was kind of bypassed was the fact that he um will the wisp needed the blasters to power the machine right so i thought that was pretty clever that right, and it's it's not really it's not really that clever. It's not like a grand reveal or anything, but there was a purpose
0: behind it, and I really love that. Right, just logical, yeah, yeah. Again, it's Roger Stern is not really groundbreaking. It's just that he he's a good superhero writer. He knows mm-hmm. how to write, and it's also obvious that again the difference between him and Denny O'Neill is Denny O'Neill is, Denny O'Neill is just he's just plotting by the seat of his pants Yeah. Just, okay I want this to happen then I want that to happen mm-hmm. whereas it seems like Roger Stern is sweating a little bit like going okay what could happen next yeah uh, you know and like g- getting creative with with all of his choices right. I think that's the difference that's what makes it enjoyable right
1: and I, I think that the thing is too he's being creative while also uh, ha- giving purpose for the things that are happening not just having right. random things happen like Pinky the awful guitar man that keeps annoying Peter Parker like it's just random right there's stuff in in the comic that shouldn't be there there's no purpose for them to be there but um, in this one again even when it does deviate there's a reason for it when, there, when there's things kind of just thrown in for humor it's because Peter Parker's trying to connect with Aunt May and he's making this phone call and punching people behind his back or if a <laughs> yeah. random uh, guy is gonna get controlled it's because he, his powers are needed at the end to save the person controlling him so that you know uh-huh. there, there's definitely a reason for everything happening and it's not groundbreaking and you know phenomenal but it's serviceable and uh, has a purpose. So, uh, it's definitely satisfying.
0: So, guess what, Josh? Next week is a monumental week for me. Really? Yes, because next week we are going to be reviewing the very first Spider-Man comic I ever bought. Ooh. Yes. Now, I don't know exactly how release dates versus... Uh, you know, cover dates work, mm-hmm. but next week we will be covering September 1981, okay? So depending on when it came out, I was about five years old, okay? Cool. So yes, I either just turned five or I was a few months into my fifth year, but yeah, I just turned five and my first ever Spidey comic was Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man number 58. So I'm really looking forward to next week. So it's going to be an important one for me. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah so anyway so I'd like to thank everybody for joining us again yeah Uh, Josh you can take it from here
1: yeah uh, if you guys want to follow us uh, or you know give us a review let us know what you think about the podcast or the comics we've been reading Uh, you can follow us and chat with us over at the comic book syndicate on uh, Facebook and comic syndicate on Twitter
0: yeah you can follow us on Spotify as well but you can't comment
1: yeah. Are, so, is it just Spotify right now, or have we?
0: Uh, no. It's it's Spotify. Uh, what is it called? Stitcher.
1: Stitcher. Okay. Have we gotten on Apple and Podcast yet?
0: I don't think so. Okay. I don't know.
1: Well, if you do end up finding us on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> let,
0: let us know. Let so us we know, know and
1: eat, drop a review there because <laughs> reviews really help on Apple Podcasts. Uh, the better the review, the higher we are on the charts, and easier it is to, for other people to find us. So.
0: Uh, well, the good, yeah, and the good news is, is this week for the first time in thirteen or fourteen weeks, we finally had some comments on YouTube. All right, so, <laughs> let me tell you, yeah, we're we're almost at the big time. So right, yeah, I
1: guess I should be uh, mentioning that e- each week. We are also on YouTube at the Comic Book Syndicate. Uh, both the podcast is on there, and a bunch of other stuff like movie reviews, uh, issue reviews, interviews, you know, everything pretty much comic related right. is on there. So
0: you got it okay so that is it Um, so yeah please join us next week where Josh and I will review the first Spidey comic I ever bought as well as two other ones so until next week this has been Here Comes the Spider Cat alright
1: see you next week